What's up, what's up, Set Apart fam? I'm your host, Jamie Lynn Walnow, and I'm so pumped that you're here today. Thank you so much for sewing your time into hearing this content, and I hope that it brings value to your life and encourages you, <laughs> encourages, what was that? Okay, encourages you to keep moving forward, to pursue the things with God that are on your heart, to hear Him, to lean into Him, and to know that you are a son, you are a daughter, He is pleased with and delights in, that you have authority and power to advance the kingdom of heaven, no matter what sphere of influence you're in. Which is why I brought this guest, Catherine Mullins, on today. Her and her husband travel the world worshiping. She's a songwriter, incredible worship leader, has huge dreams ahead of her, and I know that she's going to fulfill them because she is so diligent and faithful, and she is so holy and so set apart. And I say that because we're going to talk about that today. We are going to address holiness, but we're also going to talk about what it looks like to move forward with God. And I love bringing guests on because it always evolves into something totally different than we thought it would be like when um, the interview starts going. So I believe that what you're tuning into today is because you were meant to hear it, to encourage you and to help you um, continue to be set apart and to hear new aspects and characters of the body of Christ that will strengthen us and make us aware of how amazing God is and what he's doing on the earth. Because your story is valuable as well as Catherine who's joining me today and I can't wait for you to meet her. So without further ado, if you find value in this, hey, for real, if you've been tuning in and you have not yet written a review, it would mean so much to me if you would subscribe, um, rate this and leave a written review because it really helps get this podcast out there to more people and our family is growing and it's awesome. And when we write reviews, it grows faster. I don't know why it's like that, but it is. But it means a lot to hear from you too and get a barometer of what you love about this because we'll bring more of what you love in. Anyways, enough about that. Without further ado, I'm excited to introduce you to the one and only Catherine Mullins. Okay, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. It really means a lot that you would join me and my beautiful, lovely guest today on Set Apart with Jamie Lynn Walnow. And I have to say that this woman is somebody, if you do not yet know her and you do not yet follow her on Instagram, I feel like she knows how to utilize social media for like as a platform of ministry to encourage all of us to continue to seek Lord. I mean, she will make like a sentence of a post and on Instagram and it's like really profound and thought provoking and it causes you to ask the Lord how you feel about that. And to me, that's an incredible way to utilize social media to encourage all of us to draw near to him. And so this amazing wife, woman of God, and worship leader, Catherine Mullins, is here with me today. Hello, Catherine. Hello. I'm so excited to be here to chat with you. I'm excited that you're here, too. It really means a lot that you would take time out of your day to encourage the Set Apart fam. Well, I'm excited to meet all of them, too. Yes. And so, girl, today we get to talk about holiness and what that looks like. Love it. Um, One of my favorite topics. Yes, mine too. And holiness can sound so like, ooh, to people because it can totally come across like law and it's like, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. But I really feel like there's something different to this message that really represents freedom. And so I want to dive into that. But before we do, I think it's important for our audience to get to know you just a little bit more. Okay. Sounds great. Sounds great. So can you share with us 
what it is that you're doing right now, a little bit about you, your husband, like your, like where people can find you, website, Instagram, whatever that looks like. Um, because I know I just downloaded your album, Sing Like the Battle is Over, and I told you I've been singing your songs in my head, and I love it. You are so talented and you're an amazing songwriter. And so at the end, we'll definitely encourage people to download that more. But what do you do? What does your life look like right now? Okay, well, you were talking about the new album, Sing Like the Battle is Over. So that has kind of been an all consuming project of my life in this uh, past season. So we just released it um, about a month ago. And so I'm so happy that you like it. Praise God. <laughs> I love it. So, yes, it was um, a journey of love. And, you know, I, I joke about how that little square box square album holds my blood, sweat, and tears in it. <laughs> but um, so it was a really fun journey, though, just partnering with the Lord to hear his heart um, of what he wanted his bride to sing and the church to sing right now in this season and, and songs of encouragement for the bride in this season. Um, so we've been we've been releasing that album. And then we've also, my husband and I have been traveling full time. And so we have been connecting with churches all across right now, um, you know, America. And it's been really incredible to see God's heart released in the church and what he's doing specifically, um, really, really in all of the churches right now in America. Um, and so that's kind of where we've been. We we moved back home a couple of years ago to be around family because uh, prayerfully soon we want to be starting a family. So I'm excited about that. And we're trusting the Lord with that part of our journey as well. So it's been fun and busy and glorious all at the same time. That's amazing. So how long have you, and first you get to travel together. Like your husband is, is he a singer as well? I know he plays, doesn't he play piano? Yes. Good, okay. good. Yeah. So he plays piano. He doesn't sing, but he music directs for me. That's so um, yeah, he's like a godsend with all of that. So he tells the band what to do and I get to do the easier part of just singing and worship leading. So awesome. That's an incredible duo to think that it's not just like you out traveling, but you both get to travel together. That's yeah, it's, it's been really a gift from the Lord, um, you know, because a lot of people sometimes when they travel, they have, you know, their spouse stays at home and we've just been able by the grace of God to be able to travel together. And that has just been wonderful. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, what, what would you say? Like, could you tell us a little bit about your history with the Lord? Like, have you, have you always grown up like knowing him? Is there something significant that shifted in your life where you knew you would be in full-time ministry like this? So, um, for me, I honestly, I used to be kind of embarrassed about my testimony because it was so, I thought it was so simple. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, people would, would ask me, what's your testimony? And, and I didn't have the testimony of, well, I was hooked on drugs and, mm -hmm. you know, I was actually doing a drug deal and it went bad. And then all of a sudden I saw this, you know, bright white light, you know, I've got these friends that have yeah. these crazy, amazing testimonies and people would ask me and they'd say, you know, what's your testimony? And I'd just say, well, I've loved Jesus my whole life. Um, but I am so grateful to be able to say that I've practically loved Jesus my whole life. I don't remember not loving him. You know, um, I got saved when I was really young, um, like three years old. I, you know, I told my mom, I want Jesus to come into my heart, you know, and um, ever since then, he's been very real to me. He's been my best friend. Um, of course, I think there were years where I felt closer to him and I had, you know, moments in my life where um, he really revealed himself as who he is. And um, not just a friend, but Lord, Savior, everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember probably around um, age 15 or 16 having just a really incredible, I feel like, God encounter 
um, that really, really made my relationship with him so serious and, you know, all consuming. And so, uh, but yeah, I've loved the Lord my whole life. I didn't want to do full-time ministry at the beginning, which is a shocker. And I'm a pastor's kid. So I, I saw some of, you know, the good things, but I also saw some of the hard things that my dad had to go through. And um, I loved the church, but I didn't love everything that I felt like the church put my parents through, you know, and put me through because of it. Totally. And so from there, I decided that I was going to get a business degree and still love the Lord, you know, uh, do a little bit of worship leading here and there at my dad's church, but I was going to go the business route. And the Lord really uh, changed everything. And I, I told the Lord, if you wanted me to go into full-time ministry, he would just have to open the door. And he did. And so 11 years later, I've been in full-time ministry for 11 years now. Wow. You know what? Our stories are so similar because I used to, I love your, I love your story. And I didn't realize how valuable it was to say, like I was, I was sharing the other day. I literally don't know of a time I didn't talk with God and know him. Like, and people will come up to me when I share and they're like, that's so profound. That's so encouraging to know that my children could grow up in the Lord too. Because I, people used to say, what's your testimony? And I'd be like, I don't have one. Because yeah. like, it always had to be like what you were saying, like this yeah. crazy, cool encounter with the Lord. And there have been moments like that that are awesome. But I think that's so, so beautiful. And it gives you such a deeply rooted history with God. Not to say, you, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, life is perfect and there's not like struggles here and there or whatever, or like a yeah. battle. But you seem like the battle. What is this thing like the battle? <laughs> um, anyways, um, but I love I love that story. And I would like to know for you, because um, I remember too, I went on and I got my master's in communication thinking, mm-hmm. I'm going to go make money for you, Lord, so I can bless, you know, your body with it or like do things for you. But the order was mixed up. I didn't think ministry was a real job. Like I had a little judgment in me and I didn't even know that that's pride and judgment, criticism, whatever. And then right out of grad school, I mean, I gave God everything and I ended up being a children's director at Upper Room Dallas and then their communication director. You know what I mean? And then now I'm doing prophetic art full time and it's like, oh, and I'm like, this is such a valuable job. There's so much fun. Like it is a real career essentially. And I used to think it wasn't a real job. Like God has changed my heart a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I, yeah. I, I kind of felt like that a little bit too. And it was really funny because I, I changed while I was still getting my business degree. And so, you know, I had, you know, my idea of, of the business world. And so when people would ask me what I did for a living or what I was planning on doing, it was very awkward at the beginning to be like, well, because they were all doing all these professional things, quote unquote, professional things. Yeah. They asked me and I'd be like, well, I want to be a Christian singer, <laughs> you know, and and there's a lot more to it, you know, than just singing and worship leading. And there's there's a business aspect to it. And it is hard work. Mm-hmm. People always know about that side of it, you know. So, and I, I love, uh, I love getting to teach just different, you know, up and coming worship leaders. And I love getting to teach about the business side of things and the business side of the kingdom. And I, you know, I tell people that sometimes Jesus likes to put a suit on and go to the office, you know, that's cute. I love, I love that. Well, I know that to put out an album requires so much of that knowledge too. I'm sure you're using so much more of even the classes you took or, the Lord clearly created you to be business minded if that was a desire at some point, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I totally agree that, um, the business aspect is important to bring into ministry. Um, okay. So here's my question. When you were 
doing your album, what were some of like, what was the journey like getting the album done? Like what was, what were the difficulties? What were the triumphs? What was that like? It was definitely a journey and it was definitely one of the most challenging things I've done in a really good way. And so, um, I think one of the, the hardest things was writing the songs. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think the balance with creatives and, and you might have experienced this as well. Um, we, we get inspired. So we, we start something in this inspired state a lot of times, but it's not necessarily the inspiration that finishes the project. It's the discipline that finishes the project. Oh, girl. <laughs> and so everybody pull over. If you're in your car, pull out a pen and write that down. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. So, so I had, you know, I had the inspiring moments, but a lot of times I didn't have the inspiring moments and I still had to get an album out. And so I remember my producer talking to me and he just said, Catherine, you've got to treat this like a job. And if you, you know, you basically take six to eight hours every day and songwrite. And I was like, are you kidding me? I usually just songwrite when it's like me and Jesus and I feel it, you know, or I like, I had this prophetic moment in worship and I'll take that and try to write something. I was like, you mean to tell me six to eight hours a day, you know? And I was kind of, it was a really big mind, you know, mind shift that I had to kind of step into. And I listened to his advice. And at first I didn't even know if I agreed with it. Cause I I've got, I feel like a business idea, but I was like, I don't know if songwriting needs to be like that. Cause we don't need to make it a business, you know? And there was a fine balance with that, but I listened to his advice. Cause I felt like he knew what he was talking about. And it was, it was hard, but it was great. So it was literally like, I would sit down and I wouldn't feel it, but then I would start to feel it and God would start to breathe on different moments. And so, you know, taking a song from the beginning to the end, was a really cool part of the journey. And then even with songwriting, and I'm sure again, you experience this with prophetic art. A lot of times what you're creating um, is really part of your journey. You're expressing part of your journey. And so a lot of these songs were process songs, you know, where it was me kind of going through something and the Lord concluding that part of a journey for me, you know? And so it was vulnerable, you know, and you know, you release something and you're like, I hope people like it. It feels like part of who you are, you know? And so just to trust the Lord enough to release that and say, this is for you, Lord. And I'm doing this, you know, to the best of my ability, I want to be obedient to you. And then trusting the Lord with the results of that. That's really profound. So there are people who are listening right now who have dreams in their heart and it could be in any sphere of influence, which this podcast is not limited to people in ministry. And I think people in ministry are called to empower people in every sphere of influence to continue to be disciplined and stay creative. So what it, what advice do you have for somebody who has a dream of starting a business, writing a book, um, what, whatever their dream may be, what advice do you have? that process. So, so really practical. And this kind of is maybe crazy. You don't, you don't expect it. Um, I would say, you know, it says in the Bible that, that we need to count the cost. And so I think it's really important to count the cost. Um, when, when we're, when we're stepping out in a journey and and it's, I don't want to, I don't want to be negative and say, you know, what's the worst scenario that can happen, but you really have to, you you have to say, what is this going to cost me? And what is maybe the most that it's going to cost me? And then at the end of it, if you're okay with that, then roll with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I believe, you know, you get a word from the Lord and then you count the cost. And then I think that's where the discipline kicks in and you've got to create a strategy and you've got to create a plan. And we've got to remember, and especially in our generation, we're so like emotions driven, feelings driven, you know, we have to feel motivated in order to do stuff. And that's just not reality. 
Right. You know, um, the reality is, is that, you know, God calls us to live a life of spiritual discipline and it's often the, the spiritual disciplines that are going to accomplish things, you know, and, and they're the album. It was one of those things I had to make a decision that, you know, a year from now, I wanted this album to be complete. So I created a deadline and regardless of what I felt like I had, you know, I had to make sure I was still doing it. And so it was, it was for me a, a time of becoming more, more disciplined, yeah. you know? Um, but that's what I would say. If you're going to pursue, you know, pursue something that God, that you know, God has placed in your heart, count the cost and then go for it all in. That's okay. Wow. That's like really, really good, inspiring advice. And I'm super encouraged by, I'm like, I'm getting so much from this already. Um, so here's another thing. What do you say to somebody who, you know, sometimes um, people can be paralyzed by the idea of their dream or God, I'm wait, I'm waiting on the Lord or what does it look like to do this? This is like a lot of questions in one, but maybe this quote unquote question I'm trying to get at will make sense. But um, there's a lot of people who are like, well, is God in it? Am I doing it with God? Am I doing it for God? Oh, I can't pursue that yet. I know it's a dream of my heart, but am I going to be building it on my own if I start pursuing it? Does this make sense? Because oftentimes I feel like the enemy can come in and paralyze. What do you say to somebody who's in a position like that? They have a dream. They haven't done anything with it, even in the tiniest bit. And it's something they really care about that God put within their heart, but they just don't know if they're supposed to pursue it now, later. What do you encourage them to do? Um, you know, I think that's, I'm so happy that you actually brought this question up. Cause I think it's one that especially like people in their twenties, it could be thirties, forties, any age group feel, but I talk to a lot of people and they have all of these dreams and they say just that they say, I'm waiting on the Lord. And I think a lot of times the Lord is really waiting on us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of times waiting for the open door, it doesn't mean that we're stagnant. It doesn't mean that we're not doing anything. And a lot of times when I talk to younger people, you know, they're, they might be working at a fast, you know, fast food restaurant or at a clothing shop and that's not bad, but at that stage in their life, they can do a lot. Yes. And they have a capacity that is much bigger than they even realize. That's and right. so I remember my dad telling me, um, even cause I started full-time ministry and, and all the doors started opening and I was getting booked out, you know, and, and busy And I had taken a year and a half off from school. And he said, I think you need to go back to school because your life's only going to get busier from here on out, you know? And so I went and I went back to school and it was hard. So, I mean, I remember being in a green room, you know, with like Heidi Baker and these other people. And I remember it was 10 o'clock at night and I thought, oh my gosh, I have a paper that's due. And I remember running out of the green room. I got to go write this paper, you know, but our capacity is much bigger than we realize. And so taking the steps to prepare for your destiny and then asking the Lord, dreaming with God and saying, what do I need to do in this season right now? To That is the first step towards what you're calling me to do. What is, the, what is the first step? And then start taking that. Um, yeah. I don't think we need to wait till we're 30. I think twenties, that's when we don't really have a lot of responsibility. We don't have kids yet or a lot of us aren't married necessarily at that age. And so literally the sky is the limit and it's the season to dream as big and wide as possible, count the cost and then go for it. I love that. That's really, really, really profound. I'm at a place even where I feel a shift coming in and I'm literally asking God that question. Okay. So I know that this is what I'm called to. And this podcast is part of that me stepping into a, wanting a TV show one day. And yeah. it's really, it's really equipping me. Like one of, one of the quotes that really impacted me that I heard from one of my friends, um, Audrey McLeod a few months ago was once opportunity presents itself, it's too late to prepare. 
And I think that that's something that's really powerful about what I hear you saying too, is like you said, um, what are you doing to prepare for your destiny? So like for me, I want a TV show. One of the best ways for me to do that right now is it was Facebook Live and switched to podcast because I get to interview people like you and pull the gold out of you and have great conversations to encourage others. And I think that that's something significant. So right now, do you mind just making a declaration or praying over people who are in that place right now? Yeah, totally. I would love it. God, I thank you that you have called us all to dream. And I thank you that um, you have placed specific dreams in each of our heart. And I thank you, God, that they're not there to torment us or frustrate us. They're there because you are desiring that we fulfill the dreams that you've placed in our hearts. So I speak a grace over entrepreneurs. I speak a grace over the creatives. I speak a grace over the artists. I speak a grace over people who have dreams that they are longing to pursue. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would give them boldness and clarity to run with the dreams of heaven, that, that you would give them um, just a boldness that would break off fear, that would break off um, worrying about what people think, and that they would step out in faith and do what you've called them to do, that they wouldn't be afraid of failing. And I just thank you, Lord, that there is a grace to take that first step needed in fulfilling their dreams and purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's good. Okay, so let's dive in. Um, holiness. What does holiness mean to you? And the second part of it, which I can bring it back up in a, in a little bit, is um, what does that look like in every day? Like, what do you feel like a person who's walking in holiness, what does that look like to you? Great question. So, you know, the simplest for me, the simplest definition for holiness is just being set apart, you know, set apart unto something, set apart to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think one of the biggest things that we're struggling with right now in culture is um, we've created, and this is going to be sound intense, but we've created a religion that is very much self-driven. And I don't think we've realized it, but a lot of the sermons that we hear right now are very Americanized. And it's very much, you know, um, what you need to get a better life and what you need, you know, the gospel is going to make you happier. And really, at the end of the day, the gospel, I mean, it does make us happier, I believe, but it's not ultimately here to make us happy. It's here to make us holy. Yeah. And I think we've kind of we've kind of shifted our perspective um, of what the gospel is, because I think unintentionally there's been preached a one dimensional gospel. And when we begin to just talk just about the goodness of God, just about how he can make our lives better, which I believe he can. But if that's all we talk about, then we're going to get a skewed perspective of who God is to us. Totally. And and the issue comes in that God is holy. And it says in the Bible that without holiness, no one is going to see him. And this is kind of, I mean, strange. we'll get to holiness. But um, I think one of the issues, too, in the church right now is we we're preaching this unintentionally preaching this one dimensional gospel. And so because God refuses to fit into that one dimensional gospel, people are coming to the church believing that, but they're not actually seeing it because it's not real. That's not how God operates, you know? Yes. And so, and so I think people are even leaving the church kind of to some degree, our generation, because they're disappointed and they're saying, well, God didn't do what he said that he would do. And it's not that, it's that we've created a picture of God that doesn't exist. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And so I think with holiness, it, it comes back to foundational Christianity and, and foundational teaching. It's not, you know, and I love the fact that you grew up, you know, just loving the Lord, always knowing him. And when you have a real relationship with God, you don't want to do anything that grieves his heart. Right. But we've got to teach about the things that do grieve his heart. 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of this generation, I don't think they're doing doing all of these things or, or not walking in holiness because they won't, they have this intention of hurting the heart of God. I honestly think it's just not taught. They don't understand that this is the standard that comes with Christianity. And when we say yes to a king and a kingdom, we say yes to a kingdom, a kingdom and a king's standards for our lives. If totally. that makes sense. And holiness is, is part of the standard. Yes. This is so crazy. My Bible's literally open to the scripture right now. And I'm like, what? Um, but religion that our, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Yeah. And one of the things that stands out to me about holiness and even what you're saying is um, when you are seeking Jesus, you cannot help. But like, like my husband and I, even since we got married, like in the pursuit of Jesus that we have, we cannot do things that we did three months ago. And they're not even sinful, but like he will transform your heart. I don't have to focus on those things and say, I don't do that because that's bad. I just don't desire out of love to do those things. And I think one of the things in Christianity that I'm hearing you say, it's like if true religion, which true religion to me is being holy and set apart as well. Like when I when I read this, I'm like somebody who, um, somebody who ex- who accepts our father um, or that God, our father accepts as pure and faultless is to look after orphans and widows in their distress. So it's about other people, but also not being polluted by the world. Like, I think that message of self is the world. And we, and, and if we're not careful, it's like holiness is loving correction. And so is wisdom. It says in Proverbs that those who are wise love correction and the foolish are the ones who ignore it. And I think there's so much content here and so many directions it can go. But um, would you speak into the aspect of like truly like the pruning that comes with walking in holiness and the choices of obedience that happen that have to happen that come with that place of holiness? Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So when we say yes to Jesus and, and, um, and I know you agree with this, we're, we're now living in the light. We're children of light. And it right. says in Ephesians that, um, that well, let me just read this, Ephesians 4, verse, um, verse 22, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. And then it says um, in verse 24, and to put on your new self created to be like God. And these are the two characteristics. You're created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So right there, it says that the characteristic of our new creation, our new self is righteousness, which I would say right living, right choices Mm -hmm. and holiness. And then it says again, without holiness, we're not going to see God. And so I've had discussions recently, um, just, you know, all across the board with different people concerning holiness. And I think one of our hangups, again, because of this one dimensional gospel is, yeah, we fully believe in the grace of God. We believe in right standing with Jesus. We believe that we cannot earn our salvation. That's what we believe. I believe that. Yeah. However, that's just the beginning of the story. There's a whole nother part to the story. And salvation is just the beginning starting point of a race, you know? And, and so after we say yes to Jesus, we're saying yes to the empowerment to start living like Jesus. And Jesus didn't die so we could stay in our sin. He died so we could be delivered from our sin. And so that we could walk again, as it says in the Bible, we can walk as a new man. And the characteristic of a new man is righteousness and holiness. And then it says in Ephesians chapter five, verse 11, it says, have nothing to do 
with the fruitless deeds of darkness, have nothing. So nothing means nothing. And it says not even just that, it says have nothing to do with them, but rather expose them. So instead of having anything to do with them, we say, this is not okay. We expose it in our lives. And so I remember talking to one of my friends who um, had a crazy testimony. She was one of my best friends, college roommate. And her testimony was like complete opposite of mine. You know, she had the crazy, awesome God encounter and had a crazy past. So she did, you know, everything, drugs, drinking, sleeping around, cussing. And I asked her, I said, when you had a real encounter with the Lord, did you feel like it was this long process of like, man, I can't cuss anymore. And it was so hard. And, you know, and, or did you just not want to do that kind of stuff anymore? Cause I wanted somebody else's opinion outside of mine who, you know, yeah. I haven't had a huge issue not cussing, you know? Yeah. And, and she said, she said when she had an encounter with the Lord, she no longer wanted to do the things that grieved his heart, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's the big thing is when we read this Bible The one dimensional gospel says, you know, there's grace for sin, but that's not it. You know, we don't, we don't continue, you know, in sin that grace may increase. That's what Paul says. He says, God forbid that we do that. So the opposite side of the coin is that grace has empowered us now to live like Jesus. And that is our new inheritance. And that is the thing that we're fighting for. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say, you know, and even this whole, this whole, New Testament, the majority of the New Testament is about discipleship. It's about us becoming more like Jesus, you know? Yes. And so we we totally believe in the love of God. We totally believe in the grace of God. We believe that we are now in right standing with Jesus, but we are also contending to be fully like him. And so that means daily we're we're being more conformed into his image. Yeah, I love that. So practically for those listening, because I, I mean, this is our calling as believers. Like when you choose to walk with Jesus, as you said earlier, you choose to walk in righteousness and holiness. And the Holy Spirit, when we're not aware, will expose the darkness for us. And that's what conviction is. It's not shame. It's not condemnation. Like to me, one of my greatest love languages in friendship, and all my friends would tell you this, is like being corrected and called out. Not like, not like, hey girl, what do you, like, I want to look more like him. So if I'm doing something that's not a reflection of him and it's a blind spot, I want to know, because if the Holy Spirit's not, if I'm not sensing the Holy Spirit's conviction on it, I would hope that a friend would say yeah. something. And totally. so, totally. And so when you when you talk about, um, like, you know, it's not like you can look at holiness and say, I want to become holy, and you just become holy. Practically, what advice and encouragement do you have for those listening in, or for me, because I'm listening too, mm-hmm. um, for us to walk in in this beautiful fruit of righteousness and holiness? Like, how do you get there? Yeah, that's a great question. And it is a journey. And I think the beautiful thing is we, just like you said, we have the Holy Spirit for our guide. And it all, you know, it says in the Bible that if we lack any wisdom, we can ask him and he's not going to judge us or be critical. You know, he's going to tell us what we need to hear. So we can ask him. And then, like you said, he convicts, the Holy Spirit was sent to convict the world of sin. So he's going to, we we have, we can trust that he's going to show us the right direction. And so what I would say with that is we've got to get to know the word again to know, um, what what is right and what is wrong yeah and so i would say first and foremost to anyone listening even if it's a struggle make a decision to read your bible on a regular basis so you know what is right and so you know what is wrong and so the holy spirit can breathe on those pages you know and and make them come alive in your life and then with that when you start to read the word you're going to find that there is a standard and that standard that standard addresses a lot of worldliness you know it addresses sleeping around and it says it's not okay. 
you know, it, it addresses um, adultery, you know, cheating on your spouse. It's not okay. It addresses coarse joking where it says it is absolutely not okay. It says, and it, I mean, I'm staring at it right now. It says that there shouldn't be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which is out of place, but rather there should be thanksgiving. That's Ephesians 5, verse 4. So right there, you know, so there's standards, you know, it, it talks about thinking on these things, I think it's in Philippians, that are pure, lovely, good, true, and good report. So that talks about what movies we watch, you know? And so we we take these standards and we apply them to to everything around us. It talks about how, how we're to treat others, you know? And it says in Philippians, consider others better than yourselves, you know? And so so it talks about humility in, in, in Hebrews, you know, that, you know, and it, anyways, it talks about all those things. So when we get to know this word, he outlines the character that we're called to have, and that character results in holiness. That's beautiful. I, I think that's stunning, and I agree. And it's cool because I feel like um, anybody you would ask practically what that looks like, it could be a different answer because, and the word to me is always prevalent and important um, for sure. And I think too, just like when I, this, this is something that I feel like to share with people listening in too, is the book of Ephesians, Philippians, and the book of James are three books I highly recommend that so really have discipled me in the character and nature of God. So if yep. anybody's listening in and you're like, I don't know, just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what needs to be revealed because he will do it in a secret place. He doesn't have to embarrass, like he's not going to embarrass you publicly, okay? When you go to the rock to lay everything down and receive from him, he will convict you um, in that in that like secret place. And or. Sometimes I think when we don't do that, and Jamie Galloway was preaching about this this past weekend. I loved it. It was so powerful. But he was like, go to the rock and let, and like, let the Lord come and crush the areas that are not like him. Or the rock will come and crush you because yeah. we haven't been going to the rock. And it's such a safe place to be with God in the word and with him in his presence. And naturally, it is impossible when you're, when you're in the presence of God truly to not be transformed by the word of God. It's just impossible. So in faith, and by his grace, we go and we step in and we read Philippians, Ephesians, James, and we get transformed. And yeah. so, okay, we're going to close out here. This has been super awesome. Do you have any final encouragement for those who are listening in on the topic of holiness? Because we have people who are, I mean, you have, I can tell you have an anointing for business leaders, truly, um, to speak into them and family. And we have other spheres, entertainment, media. I mean, you're kind of in a lot of mountains. We have government. We have a lot of people listening in. What, how do you want to encourage them right now on the topic of holiness? Yeah, I just want to encourage them that, you know, first and foremost, above everything, um, we are sons and daughters. And so everything we do is, is operating from that place. And so, so I would just encourage them, especially with the challenges right now in culture, because there is a, you know, a massive attack on Christianity, unprecedented really, you know, in, in American history. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would challenge them and encourage them to, to not be afraid. Timothy, you know, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Mm -hmm. And, and Timothy was a young leader and he was feeling the pressure of society, you know, coming against Christians. And that was Paul's answer is, hey, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. And then I love it, too. He also says, uh, Paul says to Timothy, he says, remember your history with God and that whole. And I go ahead and read first and second Timothy. It's amazing. You know? Read it all. Read it all. Read the whole Bible. It's so good. <laughs> um, 
But to be encouraged um, to not be afraid to remember that first and foremost, you are a son and a daughter and operate from there. And don't be afraid to operate from that and speak out about your faith, you know, and trust the Lord to fight your battles and to defend you. And just like Timothy, you know, he was afraid because of culture, but take courage. God has your back. And, um, and don't forget that you're first and foremost, a son and a daughter. I love that. That's really, see, that's comforting and that's encouraging. So now when, how can people find you like in online? I know you have this album, which I'm going to mention again, sing like the battle is over. And it is true. Like, I'm not just saying this. I love it. I love every song. It's something that I play when I'm, I was going to say doodling, when I'm illustrating children's books, whatever <laughs> I'm doing, when I'm cleaning, whatever. It's one of the albums that I choose to have on my playlist. So um, people can find that on Apple or yeah, on iTunes. And yeah, all streaming platforms. So whatever you, your listening choice. Okay. And then do you have a website? katherinemullins.com okay and Catherine's with the c y'all can see it the way that it's spelled on the podcast and then on instagram i encourage you guys if you're tuning in to go follow Catherine mullins and it's your your instagram handler is your name correct just at Catherine mullins okay and just follow her and be encouraged by what god is revealing to her to encourage us because i'm encouraged by her post daily. You do a really great job. I feel like you have a really strong gift with social media for sure. And thank you for what you do. Yeah. Thank you for what you do. I'm just excited that we get to do this together. It's true. It's really fun. It's really, it's really fun to get to, um, utilize social media as a platform to reach the people who are tuning in right now. So do you mind closing us out in prayer? I would love it. Love it. Jesus, I just thank you for every person listening, and I thank you for the call that you have on their life, and I speak a blessing over that in the name of Jesus, and if there's just been any fear, this whole um, spirit of intimidation that's been trying to come against business people, that's been trying to come against um, entrepreneurs, creatives, artists, we just say in Jesus' name, the spirit of intimidation is broken, and I speak a grace over the hearts who have been discouraged um, and have been struggling to dream in this season, and I say in Jesus' name, the dreams of God are coming back to life. And I declare in the name of Jesus that those dreams are not only coming back to life, but they're coming to fruition and fulfillment. And so I speak strengthening to the hearts of the dreamers. And I say, let the dreams of God come forth. And I speak grace and focus to be able to run with those dreams and not only just run with them, but um, but see them come to fulfillment in Jesus name. Amen. Jesus name. Amen. You know, I feel like one of the things, too, that you release to this podcast is I just declare that the desire and the love of the word would come alive. Because sometimes there are seasons when I have when I have to ask the Holy Spirit, just like we're called to ask for wisdom, and he gives wisdom without limit to us. He pours it out. So anything we lack that we would ask. And so there are seasons when I lack a desire to read the word, or I don't feel that love welling up in me, and that's okay. And so I just declare in Jesus' name that those tuning in will have a new awaken love and desire for the word and that when we read it that we would know he was with us and we would see the love in every word and every letter that is in it in jesus name yes amen thank you Catherine, for joining me today thank you for having me on the on the show the podcast absolutely and so for those of you who are tuning in thank you so much for joining us please follow my friend Catherine mullins on instagram and go buy her new album Sing like the battle is over. And if you find value in this content and if you find value in this podcast, I encourage you to subscribe, go rate it, 
write a written review because that helps expand with the algorithms of social media. It helps expand the Set Apart family. And it means so much to watch this family grow. And so encourage your friends to tune in, tag your friends, any business, men and women, anybody in ministry, anybody who has a dream that you know they're wanting to pursue. I feel like this message is for them. So send it to your friends because Catherine has a lot of value and encouragement to offer them. You guys have a great day and you are holy and set apart.